Sports fans, thank you again for tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas. Today, Miss Amber Don, my co-host, Sonoy, I welcome a good friend of ours, Mr. Marshall Buckler. And Mr. Marshall is one of our great friends who is not only a strongman competitor, but as well as a very competitive powerlifter, uh, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite lifters, especially when it comes to the squat. He has an amazing squat. It's just what he's built for. And... I've had the pleasure to handle him at his meets, and he's just really an all-around great guy, a great lifter who has a great experience in both sports. And since he trains in both, it's cool to get his side of the differences and the similarities in training for both strongman and powerlifting. So that's what we got for you today. Hopefully some more fun. Let's get to it on the Nerd to Live podcast. Let's get Amber in. So like, cause that, that kept me from like sitting back too far. Yep. So I wanted to like keep the weight kind of going that upward forward motion. So. Yep. Uh, well, and then being um, low bar, you're already in like a hinge. Cause holy shit, that's a large man. <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> not prepared for that. <laughs> what? Oh, so when you're before the audio kicked in, when you just popped up and it was just like you, she's like, holy shit, that's a large man. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm, a, I'm glad Hi, we, uh, Amber. That's Hi, Amber. I'm Marshall. <laughs> oh, fuck. Nicholas, oh. I'm glad we got the, uh, the memo on the tire for today. Say what? Oh, yeah. Shirts off for science. I had to. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, I was like, I took a shower. And I was like, getting myself. I was like, I'm not gonna put on a shirt to Marshall. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just rolled out of bed, so this is what you get. So. I mean, that's yeah, that's 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 fair. I mean, to be fair, this is also what I slept in. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I put on shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah exactly. I, I did put on shorts. I'm not like full commando during the interview. <laughs> I haven't done I mean, that yet. You could. I suppose I should at some point. Just do it. I mean, no one's going to Nobody sees the bottom half. Like, I never... The, yeah. I think I've worn pants for, like, two of our recordings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's not on purpose. Yeah. Pants are um, way overrated. Yeah, they are. Pants are prisons. Mm -hmm. Donald Duck had the right idea. Shirts on top. Dude. <laughs> Donald dude. and Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, all my son does. Is he runs around with a shirt and his diaper on. Yeah. What is with like little boys and like doing that? My <laughs> do it like all of my friends that have little boys, they just they don't want to wear pants, but they wear a t-shirt. Because it's it's freedom. And one sock. One sock. <laughs> I don't know about the oh. one sock, but freedom. No. Socks are way overrated with him. Also. He's he's just crocs or nothing. Yeah. And I, I did that as a little boy too. I my, my folks like to always tell stories. I would always like I try to take off my clothes in public whenever possible apparently at one point they had people over and, and I, I ran out outside like butt naked 
which I then fell into a, a uh, we lived fucking out in the country. I fell into a, a poison oak bush and proceeded to get poison oak all over my little boy's body. Oops. And, uh, and it was uh, not good. I had to like, yeah. they had to like, you know, like, like um, rubber band, like socks on my hands and feet so I wouldn't scratch. And I had to take like oatmeal baths like twice a day. Yeah, we had something like that with my, uh, like my son had super sensitive skin um, when he was little, and we had to put like the little baby mittens on him and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in other good. words, pants are prisons. That's that's the yeah. that's the yes. moral of the moral of the story. Moral of the story. Yes, that's why people the same thing when people ask like, why why are my shorts like always so short when I squat? I'm like because. It's range of motion. Yeah. More comfortable. You should just start yes. squatting in like those running shorts. They look so comfortable. Um, I, oh, yes. Yeah, so I, I have a pair, actually. I actually, I literally have a pair that I was going to probably wear tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're so comfortable. Yeah. I'm going to get a few pairs for when I got to get in wraps and squat in them. Yeah. Which... Should be like the next four weeks. Chris is putting me in a wrap cycle before prep. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. So that's fun. That'll be Dude, fun. I, I'm never going back to raw squatting. No. Yeah. I've no, never competed raw, and I have no intention to ever yeah, compete no. raw. It's not fun. No, like anytime, anytime I squat, like I put a lot of volume in raw, like I get terrible fucking patellar tendonitis. Yeah. But then, like mm-hmm. as soon as I put on raw. Like it's gone. Well, just that com- that compression makes all the difference. Like right before we were waiting for you to come on, I was telling her how like the floss wrap yesterday when I was squatting, like helped me squat with no pain. It's just that that little bit of compression, whether I mean whether it's the compression on the the joint itself or it's just the the feedback because you can feel it, so therefore you move correctly for like whatever however it works. Like I don't know, it's just magic. It works. Yeah, it's just magic. It's just magic. I also really like how like wraps just make you feel so much more stable. Yeah. Yeah. I like I was thinking about it because I you know, I had like that two weeks of vertigo or whatever and I hadn't really trained. And then went down to do like some heavy work down in uh house power with my coach. Ended up doing like that six hundred for three. Yeah. And like the, I was like, okay, well, that'd be like 650, 675 for a single. Like, that's what the calculators or whatever spit out. But yeah, um, I was like, okay, what would my raw max be? I was like, well, it might be 550, but that's like, that means yeah. I'm getting like a hundred pounds out of reps. Like, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, but that's what but you like, should. I've, I've always heard that, like, if you're an expert rap, you know, squatter, you get about a hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, I so the point of that is, like, I'm thinking about, like, okay, sleeves. Like, I can't think that I'm getting anything out of sleeves. Like, yeah, unless like other it, than other than a sweaty knee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, well, that's the thing. If like you get a good, like, that's why I like, I, I like Scott's, like the Stronghouse ones. They they have the thickest neoprene, 
like the really like dense neoprene with like stands yeah. out, even though it's seven millimeters still. Like when I felt yeah, I like SPDs that. or any of those, they they feel like thinner. Um, while the Stronghouse ones, like even them being broken in, they can still stand up on their own. And then yeah. if I put them in the wash, they tighten up even more so. And then I get, I, I will get the small. I have I wear the double double X, small, the extra extra small. And then I just you know pull them over. So it's like if you can get that compression, like I would say I probably get. I'd say 25, 30 pounds yeah, out of them. But I think that's that's got to be on the high end of what is possible up for sleeves. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very yeah, high no. for what you can get out of sleeves. Yeah, that's really it, yeah. It's not the same like, at all. You know, in the IPF now, after each attempt, like, they make you actually roll down your knee sleeves. It's fucking so stupid. People were using, um, like, super tight sleeves, so tight that they were almost, like, mimicking a wrap. And obviously, like, they don't have that category unless you're equipped in the IPF. So they yeah. were making people roll their sleeves down after each attempt. And um, uh, when they did an equipment check, they would sometimes make you try them on in front of them. And that's, like, my biggest struggle with sleeves is, like, getting a fucking sleeve over my calf. Like, <laughs> like in, order, in yeah. order to get any sort of compression around on the knee like i like i can't get a sleeve small enough over my calf yeah it's i i i have to do the well i use the wraps like you know like i, I fold them down in like a in like a yeah. fold put the wraps kind of towards the back and then i pull them up and literally stretch it over my calf so i like, have to yeah, like I shimmy just, and stretch it up i just can't like i can't justify I like the effort yeah. Do you roll it's like, it on the well one just wrap side your knee. Do you, yeah. Do you, do you roll it on the one side or do you like double roll it? So the bottom you roll up and then the top you roll down? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I pull it over my, my, my foot first and then I, yeah, then I do the bottom up and then the top down and then I put the, um, the straps through each side. But yeah, because like I have, I have big calves too. So getting, getting anything over my calves is hard, but like then I have a smaller knee. So I need to go with a smaller sleeve. Otherwise, I don't get the compression either around my knees. So like my knee yeah. sleeves are always a no, little tighter on like my thigh and my calf. Yeah, no, it's no, the straps are, are money because like they're thick enough that you can actually get good like pull on the sleeve. Yeah. So yeah, so then I put it like on each side, but a little bit towards the back, pull it up and then like stretch it over. And yeah. then I'll take them because at one point it will get stuck. And then I'll take each strap and then move it more towards the front and then yeah. fit so I'm literally like pulling yeah. it over and the straps have enough surface area to like pull. So like now I can do it pretty quick. Um, and then and then also the, the trick is I put them on right away. Yeah, like, you don't want us to get any sort of like yeah, I just put them on. Power. Yeah, even like before I take the bar. So yeah, that way it's, it's also easier. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my calves aren't huge, but they're not too small. When I wear a double XS. Like, uh, like, I can't, like, I think I have a pair of, like, the slingshot denim ones. Uh, I don't like, the, I don't really like Well, them. I get, like, I got them two years ago or something. Right. Um, but I got them in a large, I think. Right. And there's, like, there was, like, a week where I couldn't get them on. And then 
like if they kind of got broken in, I could get them on. But I think since I've put on like close to 30 pounds since then, like there's no chance. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no, there's no way I'm getting them on. Anymore. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, that's, that's another thing people are like, well, raps are such like, you know, there's so much effort. I'm like, it's easier to learn to rap than it is to pull a fucking Dude, yeah, I've got I've got to the point where I can get both knees done in under a minute, and like with a good wrap. Yeah, and like it takes me fucking probably ten minutes to tr- like per knee to try and get a fucking knee sleeve. Well, you're on. Here, cause then you get them up and you gotta adjust them, and it's like yeah, oh, they're such a pain in the ass. Yeah, and then it's like. Ugh. No, I'm just thinking, uh, I don't know. It's like, you can just rap. And it's like, I don't know how many times I've had the conversation with someone where they're like, no, nah, I want to be a raw squatter. I'm like, rapping is still raw. It's classic raw. Yeah. Like, no, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like before there were sleeves, there were wraps. Mm-hmm. Wear a thin wrap if you want. Like get a, get a stretchy wrap. That's not like. That's what I just, did last year. Yeah. Or just don't fucking crank it down. Like they're, oh, exactly. you can control yeah. the tension. You yeah, like, like get, get those damn weightlifting reps. That's really exactly what I use. Like before yeah. I ever had sleeves, I would just use those. And it just like you can crank it up as tight as you want, but you can also just use them as a sleeve. Yeah, exactly. And like and yeah, it's just how you I mean I've never I've never used the weightlifting wraps. I've just felt them, but like they're just like a tensor bandage, that's it. And you're just like Yeah. It's the same idea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I mean, even like the in a pinch, like you could use a like a long wrist wrap too. A long yeah, wrist wrap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna get much out of it, but like yeah. you, if you needed like a you know Be, something yeah. around the the patellar tendon or something. Yeah. Like that. You know, it's always like like um, I always am interested to see weightlifters wrap their knees because I noticed they have different wrap styles, and obviously the wrap yeah. itself is different. But they do one, like I see one where they literally, it's like they go above and below the knee. So the knee itself is not is open. Yeah. yeah. And I'm always like, ah. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason for it. I just, I don't know. I think it it's just they, like at the bottom of the catch, like they need more depth than what you like would get out of that. Yeah, they need more flexion out of their knee. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, travel more forward. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was wondering if it was just like, like you said, like a patellar thing, like maybe it was just holding the tendons for compression or yeah. if it actually did provide rebound at all, or if it was just security. Uh, uh, there's, it's a little bit of rebound, but it's more just for that, the tension around the tendons and whatnot, yeah. especially when they wrap like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, so you, because that's, um, Marshall, you've done, you are, you do strongman and powerlifting. And when we first met when you were doing the Ironmongers. Uh, yeah. Strongman meet, um, which was what, back in like. October. October. Last October. Yeah, it was, like, uh, yeah, last October. Um, and, and we've been wanting to get, you know, obviously strong, like more, we've only had one other strongman competitor on and. So I was hoping if you could give like a rundown on, um, you know, the what you found personally training. I know your coach, you've worked with both. Like he's worked with you for both your strongman and powerlifting competitions. 
yeah like maybe the biggest parallels and then the biggest dissonance between the two yeah so i mean for me um i was kind of bullied into doing strongman (laughs) like (laughs) well you're built like one well i work for a guy who's like internationally competitive like oh that's right you know he's he lost like 40 pounds and he's down to 320. So he's, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <Giant laughs> he's, man. yeah, he's a giant man. Uh, but, you know, it's going into a off season for powerlifting. He's like, you got to do strong man. You got to do it. You know, there's a show up in uh, Paso Robles, which is like one of the other real nice wine regions in California. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> he's like, it's the end of, end of july or something like just come up and do it like me and my wife are doing it you know you gotta come with us so i was like all right well fuck it like if i'm gonna do it like you know work with a decent coach and like for me it was more about like treating it as like an off-season type thing is like you know how do i you know do something athletic that's just not squat bench dead you know um, so I got to learn a bunch of, you know, the new movements that show was, uh, a good introduction to strongman. Cause it was like pretty typical strongman movements. Like we had, uh, uh, clean and press into log clean and press medley. Um, and it was like power stairs, peg toss. Uh, oh, there's a max deadlift off of blocks. Um, and then a stone series to finish. Um, so it was like very, you know, typical strongman movements. Like there's some other shows where it's going to be like very much static stuff. Like, you know, War on the Shore last year, you know, that was very much a static show. Like there wasn't very many. I think there was one moving event as Conan's wheel. So it wasn't really like a moving event. And then there's like keg toss and other stuff, but, um, you know, so it just kind of, just kind of depends on the show. But for me, like the biggest differences between powerlifting and strongman, as far as like competition goes, is like you're, I kind of think of strongman as like, crossfit the heavier yeah it's like you're not gonna be the best at each event like because there's five different events typically um but you have to be proficient in all of them Mm -hmm. Um, you're gonna trigger a lot of people with that statement by the way (laughs) i know it's fine uh i don't have it i don't have a following anyway so it's fine yeah um but like you know you'd the Ironmonger show is a perfect example of that. Like, you know, we knew the first two events I was going to do real well in, but the last three were kind of toss-ups. Mm-hmm. So, like, I came out of the gate. I won the first two events, like, very easily. Um, but, like, the guy who ended up winning, like, you know, he got – I think he got, like, third in each event, you know. Right. But it, you know, that's what you need to win a strongman show. It's like, 
right. need to do well at everything and not yeah. shitty <laughs> at yeah. a couple things because that's what happened to me is like I did very well at two things okay at one and super shitty <laughs> at the last two and right. so like I ended up losing yeah well, strongman is based totally on a point system yeah so it's it depends on the the show but typically it goes like you know the say there's 10 competitors in the your weight class like um first place will get 10 points um second place nine and so on and then if there's ties like you split points like that um so then the you're basically trying to accumulate points throughout each event and then you know after the last event whoever gets most has the most points wins um yeah. you know kind of Island games, but in reverse. Right. Um, quick question. I'm, yeah. I'm always confused between what's the difference between like when you say like a medley and then a series? Uh, it's kind of the same thing. Like, so uh, medley is typically going to be like two different events. They're two different movements. So like, um, you know, it could be, you know, a log into like a circus dumbbell. I know that's one of the events at uh, California Strongest Man coming up. Um, you know, so at that show, you do one rep of each, go back and forth. Um, like the, uh, the Mid-State Fair, that show, like the second event was, uh, ended up being, it was supposed to be an axle clean press into like a log clean and press the reps. Mm -hmm. um, but then like a series would be like the same movement, but increasing in weights typically. So like a stone series is going to, like you're going to start with, there's going to be five stones of different weights, but they're going to go up in weight. Um, right. Well, okay. Or like a deadlift series, like where I see them go from one, one bar yeah, to the next. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, okay. Got it. Um, but like going back to like the differences between powerlifting and strongman, like as a competitor, like strongman is far and away a better competition. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. It's so much more, yeah. it, it's even just more fun to watch. Well, so that especially like it's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, an actual competition, like, yeah. You know, there's a scoreboard that people can actually follow, that competitors can actually follow. Like, mm -hmm. you go to a powerlifting event, like, you know, Nicholas, we were kind of lucked out at States because it's like, okay, there's three other people or whatever in my yeah. vision. And it's like, okay, I know I can do the mental math. I'm like, okay, I squatted 10 kilos more, benched five kilos less, like, you know, I know yeah. I got a five yeah. kilo lead going into debt. So like, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have like a stacked roster, it can be like a flight. You, sometimes you a, don't even know until the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare to follow. Like, especially yeah. from a spectator perspective. Yeah. It's like, and, and the, usually the organizers don't really, they don't make it easier on the spectator. They kind of like, it's not even like, they don't really care about the spectator. No, they, don't, they don't announce yeah. anything yeah. they don't let you know like so-and-so is now currently in place for you know 
in yeah. second place on the podium or something. It, that, yeah, that doesn't work. It doesn't. And then that is also an issue for us because, like, you know, like he said, I, ha I handled him when he was at States and he was supposed to go for a record on his right. third squat. We called it, but the it was the girl taking didn't hear and so she put down the wrong number by like was it like two and a half five yeah kilos? so like we had called what do we call 277.5 and she wrote down 275.5 yeah which is like not a yeah number you can call <laughs> yeah no yeah exactly it what well, yeah it was either two yeah it was like she wrote There's a lot weird. more chance for human error in powerlifting. A lot yeah. more chance. Yeah. There, there is, but like strongman, it's like, you know, the uh, events can change even day of. So it's yeah. like, you yeah. know, it's a little more Wild West. It's like, oh, well, like we forgot the axle bars. So we're doing the cleans on the, the deadlift bar. It's like, okay like <laughs> and yeah. it's like uh, you know even throughout the show it's like well well we thought you know this was going to be the weight for the log but we changed it to this way oh wait no wait we changed our mind it's yeah. going to be this way like <laughs> you yeah. know it it's uh it, you have to be prepared for anything with strongman and i mean even yeah. the same with powerlifting but like in a sense where there's more errors that can occur if you're in that instance you're trying to give somebody an attempt number and they hear you wrong they load the bar wrong and that's a human error that that's not something that you commonly will see in strongman because it's like these are the events and it's either for reps or you need to get it for the x amount of reps and it's like the only thing i could see typically going wrong is maybe a miscount yeah and you know disputed reps things like that but yeah you know um you know, in general, like there's less room for error, I would think, in strongman, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, and is what it just, is. There's just more eyes. Like, we, we, you know, when I was at your, at the one at Ironmongers where we met, it's like there are, like you said, there's a scoreboard. Like, people just kind of have more of an idea what's going on. So, even if someone did miss something, there's probably two or three other people also watching it to catch it. You know, well, yeah. there's, there's typically, I mean, the guys who run Iron Resurgence, uh, the guys who put on a show, like, they are, like, crushing their competitions as yeah. far as, like, promotions and things like that go, running shows, like, yeah. they've got it down. Um, you know, they have a very good system of, like, judges have their score sheet, you know, score sheets uh double checked at the end of the event and then it you know it's all recorded before it's posted and stuff like that so yeah rick, rick um does really well whenever he puts together any event really like yeah i mean he didn't have much to do with um running that show like he promoted it he hosted okay. it everything but um you know my uh buddy jackson uh He's in Georgia now, but he runs Iron Resurgence. They put on like War on the Shore and stuff like that. Um, okay. I think he just had a show down in Georgia too, but like every show that they've run, like has been, I've heard zero complaints about like, you know, speed of the show, you know, yeah, that's smoothness. Yeah, those are so fast. Like they plow through events. 
Yeah. And it, like, if you're not prepared for that, like, it'll kick your butt. Like, yeah. you know, the first show I did, you know, we started at two o'clock and like, we didn't end probably until like, I don't think we started awards until 10 o'clock. Um, a night? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a fucking nightmare, but yeah, that's like, you know, the Ironmonger show, what we start at nine and we're out totally done by two. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It was, you know, night and day, but that all comes down to the promoter. Yeah. Or, you know, whoever's running the show. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I would think for anybody who's like looking for an off season type thing, powerlifting, you know, powerlifters looking to take like, okay, I'm going to do six months and just work on like GPP. Like, Strongman is the perfect platform for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like, I incorporated yoke into my training as GPP. And like, not only was it a hell of a lot of fun, but like, GPP went right up. Even like squat stability went up. So there's carryover immensely. Oh, yeah. Like, and like my, you know, my, I had no idea what my overhead would look like because uh, I, you know, I never trained overhead. Um, but that had a huge carryover to my bench. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I essentially took close to nine months of just doing strongman. Um, and from my uh, powerlifting comp before that to the last one we did, I think we put on like, fuck, I think at least 40 pounds on my bench like without benching yeah I, I mean i remember i mean at states you went for it was either like 402 or 407 for your third bench never benching in the fours before and it went up like a second attempt yeah i think it was like 410 it was, yeah it, yeah i was like yeah i was like yeah i wanted to say 407 or 410 like whatever the four, kilo. yeah i just pulled up open powerlifting it was like 407.8 like yeah <laughs> like ne- never benched four before we put on four seven. Yeah. yeah, and the dude, he, like, he smokes it like a second attempt. Like, it looked faster than a second attempt at the time. Well, there's so much carryover. Like, there is a lot of carryover from overhead pressing onto bench uh, with scapular stability. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, that's one of the main things we need in a bench if we don't have that stability. Yeah. Um, also, um, bracing. I, I know, like, one, one guy has, like, cause, like obviously, like, proper, like, on the overhead, you do kind of arch, like you're, you know, yeah. you're yeah. pushing, yeah. you're in that same position. So the scapular stability, but also just like generating power, like from your lats yeah. to drive, you know. Yeah, well, it's, you know, in strongman, there's no rule that says like, you have to press, you know, your body has to be completely vertical while you're pressing. Yeah. Like, so just get that weight overhead into, in any way that you can. Yeah. Well, if you can, yeah, if you can turn it into like more of an incline bench, like, yeah, and be stable in doing that, like, you're gonna be stronger in that position than, yeah, you know, just a straight up and down. Yeah, and you can you can also kind of um, use like a a, a little thrust, right? Like you can get a, a little. You can get a dip into it. Dip. Yeah, there's there's, I mean, there are very few things where it's like, okay, you have to strict press this. You know, you can, if it's an overhead event, typically it's just like, 
hey, the bar has to, the weight has to go from starting position to over your head locked out. Like in between, that's up to you. Yeah. You know, so if you want to push press it, split your push jerk, strict press it, like whatever you're strongest at, like that's yeah how you're gonna press it. Yeah, which is which is cool that they allow that variety. And then like I know like for deadlifts, like whenever there's deadlifts, like you can use straps and you can hitch, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, typically. Um yeah. I don't know of anything like any shows where like unless it's you know forbidden in the rules like explicitly forbidden it's allowed yeah Yeah, you can also wear a suit for deadlifts as well yeah i think you know especially for strongman like i don't think most people anyone who wears a suit really knows how to use it it? yeah (laughs) you know to get anything out of it like i there was a guy at my uh that first show i did like you know he put a deadlift suit on and like failed at 550 Honestly, like the suit when it comes to deadlifts doesn't do a heck of a lot. Like it can help you get pop off the floor, but that that's pretty much it. Yeah. If you can't finish it from that position. Yeah. Yeah. From what I've you know heard, uh, you know, people talking about you know Thor's deadlift stuff like that. um, You know, listen to a podcast with his coach. It's like he had to learn how to get into position. Like yeah. to pull because that's where it, like you know you have to really pull yourself into position to get anything position. out of the suit yeah um, you know because it, it's uh you know essentially you're fighting the suit down to the bar yes right which which is funny because i remember i was talking to uh scott one time and we somehow he got brought up about about you know deadlift suits and how you have to like fight down to the bar and he made he made the comment scott being scott was just like yeah but it forced you to do what you should be doing anyway if you didn't have a suit like, yeah you're trying to keep tension like you're trying to build tension you should be fighting yourself down to the bar to the point as soon as you grab the bar it wants to it, it wants to wedge exactly you know? uh and like you should be doing that anyway and you should like pull yourself into position with, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and then it, it's funny when I was talking to somebody also how it's, you know, now with, um, you know, in the raw and classic raw, you have people who have better deadlifts than guys who, you know, you know, who compete equipped, like they have huge squats, but they, you know, we know how many guys under 200 pounds to pull in the 800s. And then there's some. I hate them uh, all, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I do too. <laughs> but yeah, but then you got, you know, some guys who, you know, obviously they squat a lot in their suit, but they don't pull, you know, they, they don't pull over 700 or they pull, you know, in the low sevens. Yeah, you know, I so. mean, with, especially when it comes to quick powerlifting, like the movements are so much different than like a raw movement. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you're, essentially trying to optimize your motor pattern to get the most out of the suit as yeah. opposed to your own structure yeah um, and i feel like in quick lifting really squat and bench are the money lifts and deadlift yeah. is kind of like a cherry on top while in raw squat and deadlift are the money and then deadlift is like a segue so yeah like, one like you see that 
discrepancy too um you know the higher up you go in weight classes like you know look at the super heavies like you know daniel bell guy squats thousand pounds raw but you know he's not pulling 900 he might be close now but yeah i'm not sure what he pulls now but but yeah Uh, but he pulled just over nine he did yeah but even like it because he just competed this like yesterday right yesterday Uh, yeah you know but it's like for the longest time he was still squatting you know a thousand pounds but pulling in the eights like low eights yeah Uh, you know and i think he's probably put in (laughs) a hell of a lot of work on his deadlift um yeah but you know this is the best guy in the world and he's still squatting 100 pounds more than he pulls yeah and then it's just funny that now, like in the raw categories, you got guys who will deadlift two hundred, even three hundred. Like, um, you know, yeah. like it, it's you know, like my friend Yu Yu, Yu Sumo's in the eight hundreds, and you know he squats is he squats in the high fives. Yeah. I think his I think his best is maybe just almost six. I think like if I could if I could pull a hundred pounds less than I squatted, I'd be really happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, I'm, you're there. I mean, you you pulled when we when we did our little mock meet together. You pulled five fifty. Yeah, five sixty five. Um, five sixty five. That's right. But yeah, I mean, it just it feels like the discrepancy between my squat the way my squats progressing and the way my deadlifts progressing is like huge. Yeah. Like right. my deadlift is like, you know, five pounds here, five pounds there. And it's like my squat. It's like, Oh, we want to add an extra 50 pounds. Okay, cool. No cool. Problem. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, that's how it is for me and squats and deadlifts. Even when my squats are doing good, like squats ink, like inch by five to 10 pounds, but the deadlift is, you know, even when it's like, is that, is all it's always going up better. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, it's, I guess I'm getting to that phase in my quote unquote career where like progress is going to start staggering. Like it's not just going to be newbie gains across the board for everything anymore. Yeah. Um, That's a sad yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been training seriously for maybe five years now Um, you know and it's like it's just part of what happens like you can't can't expect to put 100 pounds on your total every six months like in perpetuity like (laughs) no no yeah and and i feel like that's like it it comes down to like what your body tells you you know i was like i you know when i you know, like with when I was doing squats yesterday and they finally felt better, you know, it's like, and because of my adductor started hurting how I was squatting, I had to now fix my pattern. And so I'm going to have to rebuild a new pattern that will help me in the long run. But it was a, what, what was helping me then helped me for a while. And then it bit me in the ass essentially. And then I'll have to reconfigure. And so I feel like you go through those phases where this will work for a while and then your body will recomposition or your technique changes or whatever. And then you have to like, re, you know, recalibrate again. And you just kind of go through the, that ebb and flow. Well, mm-hmm. even like I was thinking for you, even like the, 
mentioned body recomp, like, you know, if you're like, you put on a significant amount of size recently, yeah. um, you know, so that's going to change leverages too. And then like, you know, you can't squat the same way you were when you're, you know, 30 pounds heavier than you were before too. Like, yeah, you know, just body changes and you got to adjust to it. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, and then, yeah, I think, I think that's like, what was, you know, loading my, my adductors before I could, you know, kind of break at the knee more. I essentially used to treat my squat like a front squat. Like you try to stay upright mm-hmm. in a low bar. I'm like, Oh, let me try to front squat essentially in the low bar position. And so I would not hinge that much and just try to keep break at the knee. And then I think that's what just like overloaded the adductor. And then yesterday when I thought about sitting back and then dropping I thought about sitting back, I was telling Amber, loading my glutes and then thinking about trying to jump forward, you know, so that way I didn't sit back too much. And that's, it it looked good and it, you know, it didn't hurt. So it's like, okay, cool. Now I can, you know, repattern that. But it it took a lot out of me. Like I only had 255 on the bar. So the weight wasn't hard, but like thinking so much and trying to keep that, like, okay, keep that pattern and trying to not like. It's it's a different stimulus too. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was like I was I was sweating. Like I did four sets. I did a set of I did three, three, six, and five. Like just trying to like get into that pattern and just that those four sets felt like four sets of eight. And I was, yeah. you yeah. know, it, it, it's funny. Like you said that when you have that new stimulus, like it'll take more out of you sometimes. Then yeah, I mean it makes sense. Like you're not using what you're most efficient at. What, you know what you've trained most efficiently yeah so it's you know your patterning is different and you're you got to learn it yeah you know, it's gonna take work yeah but but it's like i'm like but you know i was like i was kind of bummed i got 255 for essentially four sets of i mean i, I mean they're different but let's say essentially it was like four sets of four more or less and it isn't a lot but i was like okay but there's no pain it's a better pattern. And if I just even put on five pounds every week, let's say on that squat from now until like I compete, that's actually not too bad. Like well, I can rebuild that. Yeah. Even like, just think about it. Like, uh, it's essentially a new movement. Like you're going to get those newbie gains again. Yeah. Like as soon as you ingrained it, like, it's going to come on real quick. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it'll come on quick. And then once like, you know, the adductor is fully healed, I don't need the floss and, you know, I can, you know, put more gas into it. And then once we throw the wraps back on, like I'm excited to have a more efficient squat pattern and then put wraps back on to see like how much more I can get out of wraps. I, I feel like I only got, I think I was maybe getting, 40 to 50 pounds, 55 pounds out of wraps, like this last yeah. cycle. Like I feel like I can get much more out of that. Yeah. But even there, it's like, you know, learning, you know, learning the wrap too. Like, you know, yeah. this, the movement, the squat, a wrap squat movement, like just like a, you know, a suited squat is not the same movement as a raw squat like a wrap squat's not the same as a raw squat yeah yeah you have to load those wraps 
I, I like I think that's also why I like graphs. I like having the, that there to like push into. Like it's just yeah. like having that feedback. Yep. So, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's why sometimes people have a hard time with deadlift is like you don't have, you know, you don't have that eccentric phase to to like feel out. And that's what I've been trying to like what's actually helped my deadlift lately is I, I had seen a video. I don't know if you ever want to see it, Marshall, I can send it to you. I forget his name. He's a one of the Russian lifters and he was doing a deadlift seminar and he was talking about essentially creating your own eccentric in the deadlift in the end. Um, you know, especially when you're basically taking the slack out and literally pulling yourself again, pulling yourself down to the bar, just like you would again, if you had a suit on, you have to like fight your way into it. He was like, he's like, you know, if it had, if you have 130, he's like, if you have, 100 kilos on the bar when you're warming up he's like and you go down to grab it it should automatically come off the floor because you have so much tension so he was having them do that and so i was like oh okay let me try to create that much you know and scott has always told me i mean ranson bridgeford they've all told me you know, go create more tension when you go to the bar but for some reason that video clicked a little bit more so i've tried to imagine creating more eccentric in grabbing and that's helped recently like the pull like it's helped my pull feel a lot better and you know start to develop a little bit better just to have that bring the mind switch yeah and there's sometimes like i think amber you mentioned it either last episode or one before where it's like you know you can hear a cue a hundred different ways but like it's a you know a random youtube video or something like that where it's like oh i get it now like mm -hmm. yeah yeah, you know, yeah it's not a one size fits all thing. No, ever. Yeah, and then that one like cue that does click makes all the other cues make sense that you've heard before. Yeah, you know, starts yeah. the cascade. Yeah, exactly, and um, and also like I've always appreciated that like you've always you've listened to the show for a long time. Obviously, you you recognize me when we met and you came up to me and that was really cool. So. Yeah. Thanks for always listening, buddy. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you know, my job is great. You know, I get to essentially listen to at least six hours of content all night. So it's yeah. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't have your beautiful voices to listen to, I'd go crazy. <laughs> really, really boring. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever been told my voice is beautiful. Oh, it's it's you entertaining, if voice. nothing else. Yeah, you have a pleasant, entertaining voice. It's not at annoying. Least you did, at least you don't have my face for radio. <laughs> oh, right. uh, oh, that's that's fine. Well, um, so what are, I mean, with everything going on right now, do you guys have any plans coming up, or do you have any hopeful competitions? I'm sure you've told me about yeah. it. Yeah, so as far as I know, Nationals is still happening. Um, cool. It's supposed to be uh, the last weekend in August, uh, which means we're, what, seven weeks out now? Nice. So we get to really start stepping on the gas here. Uh, yeah. But uh, I was talking to Susan a couple weeks ago. When she was Salazar? Down. Yeah. Yeah, she's down at the deadlift party. Uh, nice, hanging out. And 
you know, I asked her, I was like, Hey, is this like, is this still happening? Like, yeah. <laughs> have you heard anything? And she's like, to the best of my knowledge, like, uh, it's still going. Um, and if it, if they, for some reason, like close Palm Springs, um, she said they're going to try and move it to Vegas. Yeah. Um, which for me is like, you know, the least bad option because it's yeah. four hour drive. Um, that would be easy enough to do. It wouldn't be ideal, obviously, because like Palm Springs yeah. is 30 minutes away. Uh, yeah. You know, so that'd be. That'd this be, is actually uh, something that uh, I'm curious about. Um, so travel and competing. Um, would you say competing in strongman and traveling is it's a little easier to do compared to powerlifting than if you were to have to travel for a meet for powerlifting um because you're actually more you're more mobile in a strongman competition rather than moving just up and down <laughs> i guess it depends on the travel mm -hmm. um you know because it's still uh for strongman it's still a 24 hour way in Right. Um, but the weight classes are a lot more broad. Yeah. So it, like middleweight is typically um, 200 to 231 and then 231 plus would be heavyweight. Um, you know, under 200 is lightweight. But they also have like depending on the level of show, like there's sort of subcategories. And so it'd be like... Um, uh i think there's a middleweight category it's like uh up to 201 and then mm -hmm. up to 231 um you know so it's technically two middleweight categories uh, right. but as far as like the travel goes like you know for me it's like i when i did essentially a six hour drive for my first show and a two hour drive for my second show, um, which I shouldn't have done by myself for the second one. That was a bad decision, but yeah. live and learn. Um, you know, I think depending on the travel, like for me, I'm, you know, even if they move nationals to Vegas, like I'm still going to go out, a day before weigh-ins mm -hmm. um i would think that would be more ideal for uh strongman too like you know do your weigh-in and then just chill for the day right so you can actually really recover um yeah but you know it, it depends on travel like if i was flying across the country like mm -hmm. i would want to be there <clears throat> for strongman like i would like depending on the level of the show but at least three days yeah. like for okay. powerlifting like you know i would think it would be you know you could do the day before uh weigh-ins be okay um, yeah you know just with with strongman like because it's five events like you know it's a little bit more taxing. it's a lot more taxing yeah. yeah, you know, it's, you want to be, you know, a peak for strongman, like you really want to be as recovered as possible going into the show because right. you're just going to get wrecked going like 
going yeah. through it. Um, you know, so if you have any little nagging thing going in, like it's going to come. Up. Yeah. It's going to get exacerbated yeah. in the strongman show for sure. Yeah. So. And you, you don't really hear about people cutting for a strongman show. Oh, no. dude, not- it's, it's insane. Like I, the guy who owns the gym I trained at, like he, uh, routinely does like 30 pound cuts for like the profession to make weight at professional middleweight jeez okay but it you know this is this is at like the professional like international elite level stage like yeah yeah you know for a novice show like for somebody who's just doing their first strongman show like there's the same as powerlifting like there's absolutely zero reason to do a cut yeah like show up like see if you like the sport uh, yeah. uh, you know before you really commit to okay i'm to be as competitive as possible i'm gonna do a weight cut like yeah you know all my all the competitions i've done like i've had to lose um, the maximum is like six pounds so far yeah, okay like, yeah that's that's yeah. nothing no yeah. that, that's like cutting carbs for one week and yeah like in that sale i know i yeah i've been sitting at like 202 and 203 like just like staying there so i was i was trying to like maintain at like 235 for like the majority of this prep but like i got so i got laid off from work for like two weeks right and i got up to like 238 uh and then i went back to work that following week i was down to like 226 <laughs> it's just like like well so so now it's like i now i'm working consistently again and it's fucking hot as balls like yeah i'm just whatever like i've been yeah. floating between like 224 and 228 so yeah like, and all right, one well. interesting um, thing about you that I, I learned when we when I was handling you, um, I didn't actually never even got to like tell Amber, but you're celiac, so yeah. you're like an actual like celiac diagnosed person. Yeah, it was uh, quite the process. <laughs> yeah, so like your your diet is obviously like you know, obviously a lot you know because there are people who are like I stay away from gluten, but they're not celiac. They're not. Yeah, yeah, I have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, and so like uh, I, I imagine that that's just a effects, especially you being at your weight and your level of like strength. Like, I mean, I'm, yeah, I know you're used to it, but there's there's only so much like white rice and steak you can eat, though. It's like yeah, <laughs> like I remember you, you know. pulled out this giant Tupperware of like I think it was like oatmeal that had like oatmeal and peanut butter and like, yeah, cocoa my, powder. That yeah, sounds my, amazing. Yeah. Like a yeah, huge, my, like huge amber. Like it was this huge thing full of it, and he just started it's my, like. It's my gruel. easy calorie tub. Yeah, it was like gruel. Yeah, like that. But like. But it sounds so good. I so, would count that back. No, yeah, you know, it so, smelled really good. Like he opened it, and it smelled like a like like something you would smell at like Christmas time because it was just like peanut butter and like chocolate and like oatmeal. Yeah, like, so I it do. smelled good. I do peanut butter, like some gluten-free, like dry oatmeal, uh, protein powder, 
if you get the chocolate, that's the best. And it's yeah. like Reese's. Um, and then you like mix all that together and mix, mix in honey to like yeah. hold it all. Honey, together. that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my easy calorie concoction. Yeah. It looked good, but I, was, I just remember he's like pulls it out and he's just like in between attempts, just like this giant Tupperware, just like, you know. Well, actually, it's a perfect combination though, because you're getting fast acting carbs, sugars, honey, and a little bit of fat. Like it's perfect. Uh, and a little bit of protein. protein. Yeah, but like not too much. So I thought about it a little bit. Yeah, you did. But I just remember when you yeah. told that, I was just like, that's like you said, that that's just a more um, you know, you just have to be more careful. Like I'm I'm even, you know, lactose intolerant and I don't like eggs. So like I can't just do like cheese or like, you know, five eggs in the morning. Like you can't Yeah. It's yeah. Like the biggest like thing that's changed since we like figured out, okay, this is what it is. This is what we need to like change in order to not feel like death, um, yeah. you know, was eating out because mm-hmm. like fucking gluten is in everything. It's everything. terrible. Yeah. You know, you can't do like uh, soy sauce, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and yeah, so, like, anything that's, like, pre-marinated, like, it's basically a no-go. Yeah. Uh, but they're still in and out, so. That's yeah, do you eat a lot of rice cakes? No, I don't. I don't do rice cakes, but it's, like, <laughs> no, I do, like, the uh, monster mash type thing. So, I do, like, uh, you know, a lot of white rice with, uh, you know, meat mixed in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, my, it's like it's just easier for me to like eat the same thing whole week. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. so I'd like I'll make you know if I'm doing ground beef, I'll make up like three four pounds of ground beef and you know four or five cups of white rice, and then just kind of split it out into Tupperwares and have that for my dinners, and it's like yeah. It's just easy to think about it. Yeah, and then, like, you know, people have asked me, well, like, how do you, you know, do you weigh stuff out? Do you track calories? Like, no. Like, if I step on the scale and I weigh more than I want to, like, I just eat a little bit less for the next week. And then if I step on the scale and, well, it's like, you know, I've been doing – the same thing for so long now it's like mm-hmm. i know yeah uh you know portioning stuff like that it's like okay if i eat a little bit less than normal like i'm gonna start losing weight yeah um, you know yeah. but the this big struggle for me was like going from 220 you know floating at like 215 to 220 to trying to get up to like 230 like the fucking amount of food I had to eat was yeah. like it was just I understood why you know Stan and those guys put whatever the fuck they put in their rice to make it easier to eat. It's like fuck. There's just like yeah. you can only eat so much white rice. Like yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's true. It, it's 
it's a thing. It's a thing. Like, yeah, and I, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's hard to find just something that you can just like, you know, pack down consistently. Because no matter what, you get tired of shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> For me, it's like. Huh? Yeah. Things become unpalatable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For me, it's like whenever I start getting like that palate fatigue, I'm like, all right, which is worse, palate fatigue or spending eight hours a day in the bathroom? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> then yeah. It's an e- then it's an easy choice. It's like, oh, yeah. right. I yeah, don't it's, like it's... sitting on the toilet. No. <laughs> no. No, it's not. Um, no, um, one thing I, I also want to ask you, Beck, and, and you uh, you mentioned it, you know, after you, you texted me after the last episode, we were talking to rant to, um, no, I'm sorry, we were talking about uh, uh, Kalia, and when she mentioned Trend, uh, you're one of the few people I know that can run Trend, and you're not an asshole, <laughs> and it, like, it doesn't bother you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, we kind of talked about it, but I think part of it, it's like dosing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, the highest I've run is 200 a week. Um, yeah. You know, Which, so it's not like I'm I'm going crazy on it. But, you know, like Ransom was talking about, like, there are definitely times where, you know, I'm at the end of a prep and, you know, I catch myself thinking, like, why is my daughter being so fucking annoying? Like, just do what I asked you to do. <laughs> like, but then you're like, oh, right, she's four years old. Like, she's a kid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it, yeah. I don't think I've ever had like an outburst or anything like that. But you know, well, I, I definitely, I can definitely see like they're noticeable. Like, okay, I'm a little more irritable, um, but like you acknowledge that and you don't let that like drive your decision making. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still be a rational fucking human being. Yeah. Well, I just remember, like, we were at States, and you, you like, mentioned it. You're like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, it's been really good, and I've just been running tests and trend, like, coming into this, and you're just, as you are just now, talking the same, and I'm just, uh, yeah, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think <laughs> I after like, uh, Kaylee's episode, I texted you, I was like, I feel fucking feel, attacked. Yeah, you did. You said exactly, like, <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> Because you literally it, just run tested trend. Yeah, but it, like even like the cycles I run, it's like I think for states I ran six weeks. Like you know, yeah. it's not I'm not running a crazy amount, and I'm not running it very long. And then like yeah. I'm doing one or two preps a year, so it's mm-hmm. like yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 really not, and you know, and it comes out like you know, like you said, like what Ranson said about dosing and getting the most out of it, and and then yeah, just having the wherewithal to be like, oh yeah, I'm a rational human being. I'm just, you know, um, like irritable. And I think I don't remember if I said it or maybe I meant to, but maybe we didn't get to say. It. But I remember like Ranson when he was on when he before the prep, his you know the meet got canceled. He was in prep. Um, he like he actually had, like called me to ask me to send him a like weed care package because like I can get it you know here in, you know we can get it here in California no problem I can just drive down the street he was like hey can you send me just like a box of shit like a pen some edibles like 
just you know because he found it helps like keep the edge off um, yeah and you know and so i did and um yeah that's like that's all he yeah. asked for he's just like yeah it just helps like no and i think you know you guys talked about this plenty but you know there needs to be before you just go listen to you know fuck face at the gym it says you need to run a grandma test and a grandma train a week like you need to do some research and do your fucking blood work beforehand. Like, yeah. you know, the only reason I even started doing tests was like I did when I was fucking 32. Like I got my blood work done, a physical and it's like my free test was like 180. And I asked my doctor about it and he's like, Oh, well, you know, technically you're on the low end of normal for someone your range or yeah. someone your age. I'm like, well, that's fucking great, but I'm not looking for normal. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for optimal or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, well, I t- and I was up front with them. I was like, well, if you're not going to prescribe it to me, like I will just do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, you know, I can't, because of the HMO or whatever, like I can't prescribe it to you, uh, but we can monitor, you know, blood work, liver function, kidney function, shit like that. So like I get my blood work done every three months. Yeah. You know, I haven't had any, like I run uh, like test E year round, but it's like, depending on where I am in, the calendar year like it could be you know 150 milligrams every 10 days like mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. pretty pretty standard that's, for me yeah that's pretty that's not bad that's like that's like my that's like my pops he he only does i think 200 milligrams a month so it's a like yeah. literally or yeah yeah so yeah it's yeah it's but for somebody like me it's like why wouldn't i like yeah there's you know no reason to be feeling shitty Mm -hmm. because i'm getting older like when this thing exists that makes me not feel shitty yeah no you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 37 next month it's like there's there's no point in like just feeling like shit not sleeping well having no sex drive like yeah when there's this fantastic miracle of you know, <laughs> chemistry that yeah fixes all of those things <laughs> doctors yeah. are very much the same up here they they it's very hard to get any sort of help when it comes to your hormones so yeah. a lot of people just take it into their own hands well and it's just such a taboo topic it's like but it, it, it's, know, I, there's no reason for it to be. Yeah. That's yeah. like, I forget. Fuck, what's his name? Um, uh, God damn it. And it, this guy, had, like, I just started following, like, he's been on a couple different podcasts, but he's like very uh, social media reserved. Like, he doesn't put a lot of stuff out, but like, Apparently he's one of like the authorities when it comes to like testosterone and steroids. Um, 
Okay. But uh, I'll send you the link yeah. to the episode that I listened to. But like, you know, one of the things he was talking about is like the reason that we haven't really done more testing on this, you know, testosterone in particular is, you know, one of the reasons is uh, feminism. He said is like, don't roll your eyes here. Listen to the explanation. Is because they, uh, you know, because we were so good at um, uh, female contraception, mm-hmm. like it was so so effective that there was no reason to uh, continue researching testosterone for contraception, um, which doesn't make any sense. But well. like that's the drug companies went oh well we have this other thing for women that's super effective already like why do we need and you know but it's like well you guys realize it takes two people to make a baby right yeah and and you know and actually it's um it's interesting you kind of you that you did bring that up because i remember when i was talking to you know when i was talking to my girlfriend and obviously like you know we started i was i mean she knows and i was like oh yeah no i'm I mean, she, I mean, she has her birth control, but she, like, she asked, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm, you know, on, been on gear now for almost a year, so it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm quite sterile, and, <laughs> and I don't remember what it was, she, she had brought it up to, like, or maybe she had told me that she had told her friends about that, and some of her guy friends made the remark of, like, oh, I would never want to be shooting blanks, like, excuse you, like, for me it's like i like i kind of understand that sentiment but it's like i mean you understand it it can come back like yeah like it like yeah yeah and maybe it wasn't i'd have to i'm i'm i'd imagine exactly who like who said it to her but like who but like that doesn't like take away anything of like you being like shooting who cares you're not and you're not less of a man because of it yeah You're having sex with the woman you that yeah. You're probably you gonna there. have more sex because yeah, you're having, uh, there's that la- like lack of fear of getting her knocked up. Like yeah, and like they're like yeah. I, I, like I just thought that was like I'd have to uh, I have to double. I was bothering because I don't want to like you know phrase <laughs> it wrong. But but regardless, like someone like said that like who like I don't want to be shooting like blanks. Like that's such a weird. It's just it's likely just a misunderstanding. It is, but also, I mean, I also do think it's, like, well, it's an insecurity thing, but, like, who cares? Absolutely. And even because, of, like, the lack of, you know, oversight, like, it's not a guarantee. No. Like, yeah. Just because you start running tests does not mean you're going to be sterile. Like, Yeah, and I think there are, like, there are things into that. I mean, obviously, like, like Ranson is, like, the one, like, I, you know, the, at least the one that I know where he, you know, they got pregnant while he was mid-cycle, and, there, and he was, like, well, and he's not an outlier. Like that's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it happens. Yeah, but it's pretty. It is still pretty rare. Like it's like I've heard two out of you know twenty people. But it's also just like with birth control. Like it is only like ninety nine percent point nine. But 0.8, but I mean, 0.8, like, 9, 0.8, it, it yeah. dep- there, there's so many things that it depends on. Like, are you taking it at the same time every day? Are you missing yeah, pills, that, et cetera? That, so that percentage relies on like a very certain well and a very certain set of things that have to happen it's like you you know if you deviate from time like that 
can lower the effectiveness. Like there are other things like antibiotics so mm-hmm. that can mess with it. Yeah. Oh, I looked it up. It's Broderick Chavez. Um, okay. That's a dude's name. He's uh, like the way he talks is fantastic. It's very much no bullshit. Um, yeah. But like the amount of, of knowledge the guy has is phenomenal. Yeah. But yeah. I'll send. I'll. I'll yeah, send, send to me. I want, yeah, I'd be curious to listen. But like, but I mean, back to what you kind of like said, I do think that there is there is like some, you know, like you said, like people, you know, they stop researching male contraception because you have like, oh, the women have one that works, so, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Which well, is there were, dumb. Yeah, there were some other things that he mentioned, but essentially it was just like, there hasn't been any essentially profit motive for pharmaceutical yeah. companies to research it. Um, and there's even, you know, like they just push against it. Like I remember, like I know stories from both male and female and I have like my own. So when I was 19, um, I actually wanted to try to like get like my 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 uh, tube snipped because I was like I don't want I don't want any kids and I don't want even like the faintest chance of there being kids mm-hmm. and like I'm gonna like take care I don't want to trust anyone to do it I don't want to take care of myself so I, I literally made an appointment with the doctor went in to see him and he asked me what I'm there for I was like hey I want a consultation about you know getting my tube snipped and he was like no it's like I'm 19 like I'm an adult like why why is he? he's like no he's like you like well you you come back at change your mind yeah yeah you'll change your mind so like you come back when you're like 27 or um if you get married after you've been married for a few years like well that's the thing like there's this myth that like a vasectomy is like reversible yeah um it is not easily reversible no right you know, same for like a uh, tubal ligation, like for women having their tubes tied. Like, yeah, you know, my when my son was born, like we were having that conversation. It's like, well, you know, do you want me to go get a vasectomy, or do you want like, you know, uh, to do it on your end? Because like we knew two when we were done. Yeah, um, but it was. My wife is a fucking saint. She's like, well, they're doing a C-section anyway. Like, yeah, just do it. Well, yeah, she's there. like, they're already in there. Like, you know, we can. It takes the surgeon an extra five minutes. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, while they're on, well, I'm my guts are already out on the table. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's like, I'll just do it and you know be done with yeah. it. But you know those it's a not not that it has to be a permanent thing but it's very difficult to reverse so you know when you you know the same the same concept for like uh the pill like for women it's like if you stop taking the pill like you like typically become fertile again Mm. you know but there it really isn't anything like that for men like it's like you know, you can chemically castrate yourself. You can physically do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, not really reversible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, even, you know, with some of the guys I've talked to, 
who wanted to have kids after they've been on cycle for a period of time that, uh, you know, they, if they plan on doing it, they're like, they want to have kids. So they come off cycle um, for some of them. Like it takes, Oh, it takes a while. It's a while. Yeah. It takes a, like three months. I think I've heard it's like a, like an average. Yeah. And like, three months. again, you need to like, as with anything like you need to have medical oversight while you're doing it yeah. yeah like there are things that you know doctors can prescribe that actually help with speeding that process along like yeah. you know there's a lot of bro science around you know pct post-psychotherapy right. and stuff like that but um like there are things that like i know a guy who's going through that exact situation it's like been using for a long time coming off and like trying to have another kid and it's like well, yeah. you know gotta have like the doctors prescribed him like three different things he has to do every day and like you know um, essentially trying to kickstart yeah. the natural hormone system again yeah at the end of the day when it comes to doing anything with your hormones you really need to be diligent and you need to take the research into your own hands and not just rely on other people to yeah. pass information on to you because hormones are one of like they're one of the main main things that our bodies function off of yeah our hormones are out of place like we're not human anymore yeah. and in, in that kind of you know what you said earlier amber about how doctors like they just you know they don't really when it comes to like they don't really want to help with hormones i really do think it comes down to the fact that they're so temperamental and that yeah. there are so many variables that most doctors i mean i don't know about up there but here in the states doctors are very defensive medicine they always are trying to essentially just not get sued like how can they help you like do no harm help you in the most yeah. defensive way that will keep them cover their ass legally and so it's like hormones are such a variable impacted thing that they're just like mm, well no. and they they fucking change hour to hour too like, yeah yeah literally literally hour to hour yeah you know so it's, it they're they're very they're a very touchy i want to say subject but i mean like it, yeah. it's just you really don't want to fuck with them too much without proper guidance yeah 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 exactly so main main takeaway do your fucking homework and yeah. Yeah. make sure you're talking to your doctor. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then, yeah, knowing where you are with things. And like you, and you mentioned like that again, Mark, you said you get your blood work done every three months. So, yeah. and then in that time you've gotten your blood work done, like what are like, like what, what are like usually like, obviously like your liver. So I'm guessing like ALT, AST, estrogen level, free test like yeah i just like i so i'm very much hands off like i just told my doctor like what i'm doing when i'm doing it and he schedules me to go into the lab get blood drawn and like if anything were to come back abnormal i'm sure he would message me but mm -hmm. like you know he's running full panels of like Stop. liver kidney um you know obviously hormone panel uh, yeah you know but it's kaiser so it's like i just show up and they take care of it so yeah uh, well 
and, and that's and it's cool that you like ha have that. You said you have your like, HMO. I'm guessing it's through work, right? You get your insurance. No, through well, it's through my wife's work. Okay. Uh, yeah, like even like even most places like because she's a union teacher like mm. the uh like we still pay a shitload for, for it but like the union pays a lot for her health plan health plan yeah. too mm -hmm. um but like even if i were to go and get like a really good job um with really good benefits typically the health plan can't compete with what she gets yeah i feel like most like union based health plans at least i've heard from when it comes to like firefighters teachers are usually the yeah. best like that's why they're such hard jobs to get that's part of it yeah people. yeah well that and like the union protection like yeah it's, it's strong like they <laughs> yeah like she's been tenured for a while now but like you know, she always jokes, it's like, short of raping a kid, like, they can't fire me. Yeah. <laughs> like, even then, like, there have been people in her district who that, uh, that's been the case. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> and they have not been fired. Like, they still work for the district. Like, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. The protection, like, is. I hate that. No it's, joke. it's so, it, it's, just, it's very much the same up here. Like, there's been, a, like local incident like with somebody that all of us in the community actually know and um yeah I, I don't know if anything actually came from that but uh I wouldn't be surprised if nothing has come from it they just kind of brush it under the rug and mm -hmm. let the teachers keep teaching well fuck we saw this like exact thing in Minneapolis like you know, the guy who we all agree murdered George Floyd. Yeah. Like had had what a dozen prior force of use complaints against him mm -hmm. like over a decade. Like had because of the strength of the union, like he's still like this is what it took to get him fired. Like yeah. you know, yeah. that there needs to be some type of reform in like the strength of the union there. Yeah, because like it's, is it's good when it, yeah, like it's good when it's when it's needed, but like in this kind of like situation where it's like, you know, this isn't the, these things aren't equal, like yeah. yeah. Oh, and when you're in that kind of position, like you are definitely held to a higher standard. So that like it and doesn't matter be. if you're on duty, it's it, even if you're off duty, whether you're a teacher or police officer, you need to be held to a higher standard. And yeah, you're going to be treated differently. So you do need to behave differently. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's what we expect of those who are serving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it should be, yeah, it's what it comes with the job. Like if you're a teacher, I expect you to, to treat kids with respect and teach kids and like help them grow not be a a point of trauma like yeah you know in yeah. their development like it's yeah so yeah but um well shoot now that's all i had for you bud really nice. i don't know do you have anything amber um 
No, I think it was just interesting hearing uh, both sides of uh, like the strength sports in particular and speaking to somebody that has done both. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we're seeing it a lot more where powerlifters are getting into strongman and vice versa, particularly now as like strongman events are starting to look, I, I'm starting to see a lot more powerlifting type events. Yeah. Um, a lot more stuff. So like there's, there's, yeah. there's definitely melding going on. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think anybody who's, like, seriously doing powerlifting, like, should be taking an off-season A. And, yeah. like, I think strongman would be a beneficial part of that off-season. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you have to compete, but just training the different modalities, uh, like, it's going to get your GPP up. Like, your, your conditioning is going to go up, which is only going to benefit your powerlifting. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and you're going to be working outside of one plane of motion. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, moving around, fuck, like actually doing cardio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all of, all of these things are good things. Yeah. Yeah. So, at, and then really at the end of the day, it's like, no matter what sport you're doing, just, you, you don't want to get injured. And like that, that was really one of my biggest fears is like, I don't want to get injured to the point where I can't even do powerlifting, but like you don't want to get injured doing powerlifting either. So just being cautious, no matter what you're doing is important. Well, it's like taking whatever steps necessary to mitigate those risks. Like, yeah. You know, and like ask somebody, if you have like a local strongman in your gym, ask them to teach you how to do these things properly. So you're not just going off a YouTube video. Oh, definitely. That was the like most beneficial thing I did when going into strongman. Is like I work with a coach who does nothing but make people professionals. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he's probably one of the most underrated coaches in strongman. Uh, yeah. But like, he knows his shit, and like being able to access him and be like. Hey, what the fuck am I doing with this axle? Like, what, yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, I, it's not just a deadlift to my shoulders. What should I be doing? No. There's a lot, like, there are a lot of technical aspects to powerlifting, but when it comes to strongman, it's like way beyond. And yeah. you well, really need to have somebody teach you how to do the movements properly. Especially in like the triple extension movements. Like, yes throwing anything overhead like stones like it's a whole different world yeah if you you don't have any sort of backing in that like i i had two years of olympic weightlifting so that carrying over to like overhead movements and triple extension was it was easier for me but teaching somebody that has no idea how to do any of that yeah 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 Yeah, it's, it's totally it's foreign language yeah. yeah. Whereas like squat bench and deadlift, you just like it, again, yeah, there's technical aspects to it, but it's just like move the weight. Yeah. For yeah. the most Pick part. Up. Up and down. Set it down. Yeah. yeah. And in and like you said, Marshall, it's like a multi, you know, plane movement. You know, even it's like the idea like a triple extension, I think is one of the hardest in strength technique. Triple mm-hmm. extensions one of the hardest techniques to learn and master whether it's in olympic or strongman or whatever however you're applying it like it's yeah that's like one of the like like the epitomes of strength technique is a triple extension to have a yeah perfect. here's here's yeah. the challenge like find an atlas stone that's 
at or around your body weight and load it to a platform that is equal in height to your shoulder. Yeah. Like, let me know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> like if, you, if you've never done that before, it's fucking hard. It's like hard. it's awkward. You know, the triple extension is uh, like just a whole different monster when it mm-hmm. comes to like yeah. timing, you know, it's, it's I, so I, it's awkward. Yeah, it's true. It's the most compound of compound movements. It's the like, like I said, yeah, it's, it's like the force production. Yeah, it's like, like, the, it's, like when you're jumping. Yeah, it's the it's epitome. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because it because yeah, you are really essentially trying to jump with load. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and like, I remember like I was like reading a book uh, on Olympic lifting once, like just like looking and like the sake of being curious and you know and they get into the triple extension like triple extension extending from like the ankle and the knee and then the hip and then the you know and then into the shoulder girdle and like getting that timing and like it was a whole chapter just on that and that that's so probably much. not long enough no <laughs> no no because no. especially like, if you're coming from powerlifting where you're so used to like a hip thrust yeah mm-hmm. it's like, you, gotta, you gotta learn how to go up rather than horizontal yeah. Yeah. yeah and then and then it doesn't even go into like anthropomorphic differences it just was it was just like base theory so it wasn't yeah. even like yeah that wasn't even covered at that point it was just so i know that's why i was like one of those reasons why i was like i don't think i'm ever gonna do olympic lifting no. <laughs> oh. dude i can like for me to get something over my head like a, I can't really front rack anything. I, like, yeah, there's too much shit going on there. Yeah, I, I have the, I have this that scar, I have that broken elbow. So like my, you know, like I mean, no one listening can see, but like I can grab my oh. shoulder, my left hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like that's my maximum mobility right yeah. there. Like, yeah, yeah, and and that's just because of just the surgery. Like it's just like I can push it down, to like push. But like, yeah. yeah, it's like. No, it's, I can't. Really, me, Amber can touch both Wait, her shoulders this, with her hand. This, I can get closer here. Yeah, it's this just still... looks like I'm doing like duck shadow puppets on my shoulders. <laughs> like I see it all the time, but it still makes me laugh. Like I had a physiotherapist treatment like two weeks ago, and she's like, "Oh my god, your shoulder mobility is so good." She's like, "And you're a powerlifter." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like I can get into a front rack, I can get into a snatch and behind yeah. my head. You know, you know that's yeah. the thing. Like I, I actually have really good shoulder mobility, like overhead and like yeah. behind. Like I can German hang, I can do all. This, especially if I like warm up. Like I have good. I just, I mean, I just had surgery, so. For me, until I can't wipe my own ass, like I'm not gonna dress it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But even then, you just you should just get a bidet. Just invest in a bidet. That's true. Like the rest of the like there's a question I am very curious about. Like, did like super heavyweights like use a stick or something like a loofah on a stick? I'm very curious because like you get that big, how how the fuck do you wipe your own ass? You can still do it. You just can't really like double check your work. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it's kind of a uh shooting like 
hope you hit the target type thing. I met this one bigger guy once, and he said, what did he say? He said that somehow it got brought up. He's like, he's like, no, the trick is not going around the corner. It's going underneath the bridge. And I was like, all right. The things you learn. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end the episode there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be complete without such learning. No, exactly. It wouldn't. Not around the corner, underneath the bridge. That's perfect. <laughs> There's your title, folks. <laughs> no, I won't use that. It's not mine. I, I don't remember his name. He's like this, like big, big, like big black dude from the hood, and he was like this big strong guy. It was like it was hilarious, but I don't know. Oh, it's so perfect. It was. It really was. I have to. I have to remember that when when yep. if that time comes. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, it was great. All right, Marshall. Thanks a lot, buddy. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you nice soon. You. Great to have you Good on. Meet you too. Thank you. All right, my man. Talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Later. Bye. All right, sports fans. Thank you again for tuning in. That was Mr. Marshall Buckler. Our loving big teddy bear of a friend who both a strongman and powerlifting competitor and a good one at that. Um, and, you know, when we talked about whether it's, you know, checking your health with the PDs or just your diet or just bullshitting around, he's a good guy. So thank you again, Marshall. Thank you for always listening. Thank you for being such a good friend. And I love you. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Miss Amber Dawn, as always. Catch you next time on the Nerds Who Live podcast. Thank you.